well, 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 if it isn't Mr. Mark. How we doing, buddy? Oh my god, Johnny, if it's been a day, it's been what, two months, two and a half months? It, I think it's been just about uh, two months, man. Now, to you listeners, it doesn't seem like that because you hear us every week, but it's actually been two months. It's been a while. Now, uh, I'm going to do a, a little bit a different of, a, of an open here, Mark. Okay. I'm going to do a okay. kind of like a call and response. Okay. Okay. Uh, you have to ask me why I've been gone for two months. Now, Johnny, why have you been gone for two months, man? Uh, well, see, Mark, I went on a, a little trip. Okay. Where'd you go? Uh, I went to Germany, and there's this really cool spot in Germany where everybody, like, just, like, it's, like, this tiny little village that's nestled in the forest. It's, it's like, picturesque Germany and all that sort of stuff, and, and we live there now. But it's got these this really weird, like, local custom, man. Okay. Yeah, so once a year, everybody comes out, and they all, like, basically dress up like Americans that live in Appalachia. They've got... Uh, uh, like overalls and dirty ass feet and straw hats and like sprigs of wheat sticking out of their their mouth and they all speak with this stupid silly southern drawl and and all this stupid shit now come to find out that there's one guy who apparently like read the flyer wrong and they've been making fun of him every single year so now they have an effigy that they burn of him okay his name is charles bronson <laughs> Uh, he thought they were going to Charles Bronson, Germany, Jesus Christ, and they were actually going to Branson, Germany. Oh. So now they, 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 now they, now they just burn this stupid effigy of, of uh, a guy with a really shitty mustache and, and a really bad uh, accent. So what you're telling me, Johnny, is this ain't over. I'm telling you that I have not done one of these in two months, and it's very fucking apparent. <laughs> I can't tell. I think you did great. Sounds like you're having more fun than a dog up a bone tree, Johnny. A dog up a bone tree. You know it, Mark. And that, that can only mean one thing, right? Uh, yes, it can. It can only mean welcome to the Dangle Podcast, the weekly King of the Hill podcast where I, Mark, and my good buddy, Johnny... We take two episodes of the beloved adult animation classic, King of the Hill, and we talk about the good parts and the bad parts and the highs and the lows. We see if we still like it or if maybe we just have fond memories of nostalgia. And then we slap it with our patented rating system and listeners to our sister podcast, the Two Wizards podcast. We'll note that uh, as we started season five, I had a bunch of teeth pulled. Well, listeners, as we're getting into season six, I still had a bunch of teeth pulled. And um, I'm going to sound weird for a couple weeks, but... Hopefully with our timeline, I shouldn't sound weird to you guys for much longer. But never mind that. Johnny, you want to get into it, good buddy? I uh, definitely think we should. Mark, we are starting today with episode 113, The Bluegrass is Always Greener. As if you guys couldn't have figured that out by my really shitty cold open today. <laughs> it was a great cold open. You were fine. <laughs> it just made no sense. I was just going <laughs> off on the rails, you know. Uh, Mark, we, ha <laughs> we have an original air date of February 24th, 2002, and uh, this episode was written by Norm Hiscock. Okay. We, yeah. we see a lot of good out of him. Yeah. I feel like we do. Uh, so our cast of characters, the wiki did not have one already set, so I just kind of wrote them down from memory and, and added them as I watched. We have Hank, Dale, Bill, Boomhauer, Bobby, Connie, Con, Min, Peggy, very briefly, Yakov, Smirnoff, 
Earl and a second appearance of a guest star, which I don't know if I've ever seen in an animated show before. So I was going to ask you about that. Have you ever seen an ant like somebody come back as themselves more than once in an animated show? Like a reoccurring special guest star? I don't. I'm sure I have. I'm sure that we see it. We just now that you're like trying to think about it, you can't think about it. It must be, but this is our second appearance of Charlie Daniels. He was with yes, us last time when we were at uh, Fanfare, which it can be fun fair, but if you don't want your place in line, well, that's not fair. I just realized something. Yeah. Charlie Daniels did not wait his place in line, and Hank got that's treated unfair. unfair. <laughs> God. <laughs> what is this? Six months later, we recorded that, and now I finally get it? <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. It just took a second appearance of Charlie Daniels to, to jog that memory. Uh, Mark, I guess would you so. like would you like my synopsis? Hell yeah, buddy. Connie finds she has a knack for bluegrass fiddling that takes her to Branson, Missouri, not to be confused with Brunson, Missouri, for a competition. <laughs> Good enough, yeah. she lies to her dad uh hank is an asshole um we learn a special lesson about letting your kids be themselves and yeah oh yeah uh so a story characters in this it's the guys hank bill dale boomhauer and then we uh, oddly enough get to add connie i never honestly thought i would be entertained by a story that's about four grown-ass men and a 13 year old girl but here we are and the B story, I think it's a solid B story to say that Bobby and his his like whole thing with Yakov Smirnov is it's like a, I think it's more than a subplot A. So I gave it the B story ranking. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's get into some notes, man. Number one, this is only three weeks away from I'm with Cupid. If mm-hmm. like you were watching this like canonically in the, well, it's not because we figured out that Bobby Goes Nuts should have aired on 9-11. It didn't. It aired, what, like eight weeks later or some shit. But so Something like, like that, the yeah. entire like timeline is off. But like in the King of the Hill unified timeline, this is only three weeks out from uh, I'm with Cupid, which is kind of weird. It's not but, yeah. like I'm glad that Bobby and Connie are friends again. That's just my first like point that I wanted to make. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, do you want me to bust into some notes? You want to start us off? Bust those notes, Daddy. Like a uh, bluegrass player <laughs> up a bone tree. I don't so, know. So um, I've got I've got a couple of them here. Um, all of them are music related because this is a pretty big musical episode. If you couldn't tell from the name, um, <laughs> so the current co lead guitarist for the band The Eagles. Yeah, everybody's familiar with the band The Eagles, right? Uh, Hotel oh yeah, California. they California. <laughs> they, they they have like the number one best-selling album of all time um i'm pretty pretty sure it's eagles greatest hits yada 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 so the current co-lead guitar because the former co-lead guitar is now dead um mm-hmm. and the other lead guitar it was is his brother so they hired a new guy his name's vince gill and vince gill has been in the game for quite some time i want to say he was inducted into some sort of musical hall of fame in the 90s. I know he's been on the Grand Ole Opry since the early 90s and things like that. So he's known to have a good Southern voice, but he is the singing voice for Boomhauer in this, for Blue Moon of Kentucky. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I just thought that also, was kind of cool because he, he he does like backup vocals for the Eagles. He doesn't actually do a lot of the singing himself. Right. Also, but, wasn't he our pastor in Fanfare? It was Vince, Vince Gill, Gill, wasn't it? It might be. So there be. you go. There you go. Reoccurring character, not voicing himself twice, but I, that's kind of weird. The, right? 
and from the same damn episode. What a that's that's real weird. I don't know. Huh, cool. He must he. I'm ge- I'm guessing he knows Mike Judge from something or knows one of the showrunners from something, and they're like, hey, we've got a, a country music thing. We need you to come in and do some singing for us because you and I are homies. <laughs> At least that's what I would assume. Um, okay, the Blue Moon of Kentucky, Mark. Yes. Did you know that it is not a traditional bluegrass song? At least it wasn't written that way. It was written as a waltz. I did not know that, no. Yeah, written in 1945, Bill Monroe and the Bluegrass Boys. So it it technically is bluegrass, but they wrote it as a waltz in 1945. He is not the one that uh, like famously, like it it got popular from him, but there's been a whole shitload of people that have done covers of it ever since. The biggest one is Elvis. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So yeah, I thought that was kind of neat. Uh, we have a very interesting song here that, uh, I think you already forewarned me that you got, you got some things to say about it, but, uh, Puff the Magic Dragon was written oh, by man. Peter yeah. Yarrow of Peter, Paul, and Mary. And Mark, why is that song so ridiculous? It's because it's about a dragon, right? Yeah, I think so. No, um, I think like if I could find one of the things that like spiked my depression as a child, it was that song. Because, oh, like, geez. I used to love that song when I was a kid, and I used to sing it all the time. And, like, have you heard Have you heard the song For Real For Real? Uh, it's been a long time, but I watched, I listened to it when I was a kid. <laughs> so, it. yeah, Puff the Magic Dragon lived by the sea and frolicked in the autumn mist in a land called Honolulu. It's about a kid and his imaginary friend, a dragon named Puff. And then the kid grows up and forgets about Puff the Magic Dragon. Oh, jeez. And, like, I remember being, like, eight or nine and realizing, like, what that meant. And it it fucked me up, dude. Like, <laughs> it was such, it was it was weird. It was, like, a weird, like, world-breaking moment for me. And, yeah, like, it was, I forgot that Bill sings that. And he was singing that this week. And I kind of got, like, teared up because, like, Johnny, I grew up and I forgot about Puff the Magic Dragon. Like, you forgot it, about it was, Puff, man. It was weird. It was real weird. No, like it's it's an interesting. So Peter Paul and Mary have always listened to their music, and it's very family friendly. So I don't think it's about weed, or at least not intentionally. And yeah, it's it's interesting. It's an interesting concept to think about. The what I can equate it to nowadays is when you guys watch the movie Inside Out. This is the equivalent of them forgetting about Bing Bong, like him yeah. basically just diving off and never being a thing anymore. He's just gone. And I'm sure you all had your own, like, imaginary friends or things in your lives that you're just like, wow, that's just never coming back. And it's very rough. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I got one well, more note for you. Well, now I'm depressed. Drink. <laughs> I got one more note for you. It's about Van Clyburn. Okay, good. I'm glad you're here because if you didn't hit him, I was going to hit him. Go for it, buddy. Yeah, oh, I just I, – I don't have a lot on him, but I do have that he was given the Presidential Medal of Freedom by former President George W. Bush, also a Texan, in 2013, the same year that he died. He uh, got really, really known, I think, from uh, doing Tchaikovsky. He did uh, an orchestrated – not an orchestrated. He did a, the piano – of one of Tchaikovsky's symphonies, like his very first symphony, I think, and it sold something like over a million copies. It was like the most, um, like best-selling classical music record or some shit for like 30 years. Good Lord. Yeah, and they still do the Van Cliburn uh, music competition. It's done every four years in Texas. So that's a real thing. 
That is a real thing. Okay, cool. Right on. Yeah. But that's what I got for notes, man. What do you got? Um, uh, what, what would you call that? As a coda to your Van Clyburn. Um, so Dale says they share a birthday. Van Clyburn was born, um, July 12th, 1934. So hey. Dale was born. Hey, that's good to know. Yeah. Happy, happy belated birthday, Dale. Happy belated birthday, Dale. Um, I hope that Nancy Lovin was good for you, big guy. <laughs> Um, I have a big red flag, first thing out of the gate for this one. There's no way that Connie lives in Texas and hasn't at least tangentially heard bluegrass. Like, radio is, radio's a thing. And I gotta assume there's gotta be like a couple dozen bluegrass-based radio stations in Texas. I don't know. Like, I, whatever. If I, I, if I look at the time period, Mark, this is the, the, the time period of Shania Twain and Garth Brooks and ugh, Reba McIntyre, like all that shit, I, they dominated the airwaves in not Texas. Can you imagine yeah. hearing anything but them in Texas? No, but remember how radio stations used to be different? Like, there used to be yes. different radio stations. Like, I don't know. Maybe I don't remember how how radio works now, because all they play is Top 40 at this point, and then Oldies, and then, like, they play Green Day on the Oldies station. They're like, what the fuck happened? <laughs> I don't care how many men you held in the bathroom, Mark. <laughs> Throwback to season one, guys. Throwback oh, to season God. one. That's a I Green Day you, reference Johnny. and I a King of the so Hill <laughs> Miss you so damn much. Um, can Bill play accordion? I don't know if he can. I want to say he can. I don't know. But he whatever can. doesn't he, matter. He, he can. He showed it in, um, uh, oh, my God. The no. No, he didn't, because that's what I thought. It's Gilbert playing it. Bill was hand-boning. Oh, you were you were absolutely right. You're right, because he picks it up, and he starts playing, and the Dixie Chick goes, I had no idea you played, and he goes, I'm as surprised yes. as you are. Yes, because so she's Bill playing can, the triangle. Yeah, so Bill can play an instrument, but instead we just choose to have Bill be a stupid idiot prop. Okay, whatever, that's fine. <laughs> um, why He's is the, the Jimmy Wichard of this episode. He really is. Like, that's that's one of my cons, is that Bill is is essentially just a... He's just there to be a joke right now. Like... Uh-huh. And, yeah, don't listen too hard next week, listeners, when I laugh my ass off at him getting repeatedly assaulted by a falcon, but whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, he can play accordion. Why didn't Boomhauer let Bill play his accordion? Boomhauer could have played banjo, but I, I get it. I, I understand why you didn't, because accordion is horrible, unless you're Weird Al or Polka. Um, why are the adults so shitty in this episode? Like, every one of them is just kind of a jerk. Yes. And by adults, I mean really just, uh, Hank and Con. And Dale, who's shitty to, to poor old Yakov Smirnoff. I like Dale's shittiness, though. I think this is a very <laughs> good, this is a good Dale shitty episode. This isn't needlessly cruel Dale. This is Dale gets a pin in his dick about something, and he's gonna make <laughs> Yakov pay. And I think that's hilarious. I okay, think that's okay. I think that's hilarious. Like, um, also, do you know that? He, yeah. So, I don't know how to feel about Yakov Smirnov. I guess he kind of like does a bunch of weird shit for Prager University, which is killing America oh, allegedly. Yeah, we can't say that out loud, or they'll sue the fuck out of us. But he's doing a lot of shit with them and getting paid for it. And I guess you know whatever you know, however you got to get paid, King. You do you. But then at the same time, um, I looked him up, and everything I read said that all he's doing right now is trying to raise money for the uh, for uh, Ukraine. That's his home country. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, so I guess, you know what, shout out to uh, Yakov Smirnoff. Like, good for you, homie. Yeah, if you guys got some extra scratch, send it his way. That way it'll go to Ukraine. 
Yeah, he's doing a lot of fundraising for them. Um, I didn't look too deep into it, but I looked him up because I'd heard something. I'd heard he was doing something kind of shitty, but I don't know. Um, I don't. So is okay. You got to help me. Earl is the guitar shop guy, right? Yeah. That's usually Stephen Root, right? I think so. Yes. Was he? Did he sound different to you in this episode, or has it just been so long since we've seen Earl that we don't remember what he sounds like? No, he sounded different to me, and I don't know. Maybe it's just that, like his inflection. I always notice it every time I've watched this episode, pretty much my entire life. When he says, "He's a little more a little, hickey," right? Yes, he says, "Play a little twinkle, twinkle," and I'm, I'm like, yeah. I've never heard Stephen Root use that inflection before, and it seems weird and off to me because I don't think he ever will again. It's just like this one moment where he tried something and it was like, nah, I don't think I like that. But they kept it in anyway. Yeah, well, so, I kind of wonder if they weren't like, nah, maybe bluegrass it up a bit. I don't know, but I, I don't know. I don't I don't really know. Yeah. I just had noticed it. Um, And finally, I don't buy that Min and Khan would not have taken Connie to, what, Dallas. I, I yeah. don't buy that they wouldn't have taken her down there themselves. Like... Doesn't Khan commute practically there every single day anyway? It's it's like the That's same. That's what I was going to say. Doesn't he work yeah. in Dallas? No, I think he works in Houston, but I'm pretty Houston. sure it's the same. I think it's the same like hours away. It's like two hours away. It's just a different yeah, direction. I don't know. I don't know. It's supposed to be like a weekend trip or whatever. Like, why wouldn't they just go get a hotel room? And I don't, whatever. It They can't because of plot device and framing, but whatever. Right. Um, yeah, no, that's what I got for my notes. You want to give me some pros there, good buddy? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so I got a, a few here. Um, we have a reappearance of Betsy, Mark. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. And usually a, a sign of Betsy means it's an episode I'm going to like. Because when was the last time we saw Betsy? Was it um, Peggy's got the Turtle Willies? Song? Peggy's Turtle Song. Okay, it was Peggy's Turtle Song, and I like it. Yeah. I like Peggy's Turtle Song, if I remember correctly. I don't love it, but I liked it. And I love Hank Gets the Willies. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, that's like, yeah, top ten greatest. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's just like, it's a one-way street. You don't want to go down that way, Willie. Um, <laughs> I, dude, I love Betsy. I love it when Betsy shows up. I don't know if we're going to see much more of Betsy. We'll keep an eye out for it. You know what's cool, though? Is Okay, just like we get really up King of the Hill's ass about continuity we have a named character in Betsy the Guitar that reappears. And, like, I cannot think of another time that somebody has, like, an object that reappears and we know its name. Do you know what I mean? Yes. And that's pretty... I think that's pretty damn cool. Yes. Yeah, that's, that's not used for, like, some sort of uh, one, one-off one joke or something like that. Um, yeah. <laughs> I have written in here as a pro, Bluegrass is so damn cool. <laughs> I like bluegrass music. For all my bitching and complaining about most modern country, dude, you can give me any bluegrass. It could be written yesterday. It could be written 80 freaking years ago. I'm probably going to enjoy it. One of the coolest things about Steve Martin, the actor, is that he is also a very accomplished person at bluegrass. He like got, he goes insane on that. He's the, a fantastic um, banjo player. Yeah, on the banjo. I, and it's it's just like you would never expect it from that person and it is the just the coolest revelation when you start listening to it. But there's something about the like banjo music. I've never heard a like a sad banjo song, like sad sad banjo song. It always leaves you with something kind of upbeat. It's always super fast and super energetic. And mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. 
This is basically country ska music, and you can kick me in the face for it when you see me next for saying that, but um, huh. it just makes you happy, man. You know what? <laughs> I think you I think you just crystallized the thing for me, John. <laughs> that it's country ska music? Yeah, because that's why I fucking hate bluegrass. <laughs> it probably. Because I fucking hate ska music. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> um, wow. What a weird morning. I get to cry about Puff the Magic Dragon and then have, like, my hatred of bluegrass reconciled, and maybe now I can start listening to it differently and enjoy it. Wow. (laughs) Um, I've gotten written down here that I like that everyone gets a chance to shine in the band, even even Bill and his stupid washboard and them just basically turning him into the Jimmy Witchard of the episode. Like, everybody gets a chance to really sit down and enjoy it. I love that first moment of of Boomhauer just like, I got some lyrics here, and he just starts singing because everybody gets into it, even Bobby. Um, I I think I like, to kind of compound on that, I think I like the vulnerability of everybody, and then everybody realizes that they're just there to have fun. So everybody gets to go with their instinct, like you're saying, kind of shine, like, like Boomhauer is self-conscious about it, and then he just kind of Blue Moon of Kentucky. Like it's cool. I lo- yeah, I agree right. with you a hundred percent on that one. Right. And then the last pro I have in here, we, you and I kind of already hinted at it. I love a good Dale conspiracy, and this mm-hmm. is uh, this is one of his better, more believable conspiracies. Like this is the type of shit that I miss in our society now. It's not all like we're we're trying to pump you full of wizard poison so that we can track you, or we're using five G to to like grow cancer cells in the brains of the people we don't like. It's not. I'm that turning shit. you it's, into a gay frog. Yes, it's this very famous famous Russian like com- comedy act that everyone in the entire world knows, or at least at one point did. Like. He he's actually a giant Russian spy, and he's feeding American secrets back to the the fatherland. Like that yeah. is hilarious to me. That is some next level like old school conspiracy. I love that shit. It's that's good. It's good Dale conspiracy. That's why I say I really like Dale in this episode. Yeah, it's just enough of him. Like you get to see just enough, and he he gets his monkey shines. Mark, give me some yeah. pros, man. Pros. Um, Dale playing bass when they when they start in the garage. <laughs> that very first scene, he's got he's playing the keyboard with one hand, and he's got his other hand like he's playing an upright bass, and he's like, like air fingering bass. the bass. That's such a good little sight gag. Holy shit! I didn't even. I'm sure I saw that and whatever at one point when I watched this the first time 20 years ago. But I saw it this this week, and I was like, oh my god, that's great! I love. I just love that. That's such a great little detail. It's why we love King of the Hill because they have these dumb little sight gag details, and we appreciate oh, yeah. it. Um, Con throwing back the pillow and finding bluegrass CDs. Oh, what is this pornography? <laughs> you see this pornography? Yes. Yes. Pornography. Bluegrass is pornography. <laughs> I love it. Um, and then finally, um, they're twiddling their beards trying to psych us out. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's the Oak Ridge Boys, right? The Oak Ridge Boys are twiddling their beards trying to psych us it's, out. The Bluegrass Brothers, because the Oak Ridge Bluegrass Boys Brothers. Like, are actual musicians, I think. I wrote down Oak Ridge Boys for some reason. I don't know what the hell's wrong with me. But yeah, they're twiddling their beards trying to psych us out. <laughs> it's worth, words you've never thought you're going to hear Hank say, psych me out. <laughs> I like it a lot. Can I add a, a pro here that I didn't write down, but like in just... Hearing you talk, I feel like it needs to be mentioned before we move to comments. Oh, you know it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
can we give a, a little bit of a it, it's not necessarily like a super gold star but hot damn is is con like entertaining as shit this episode kind of sort of he has his moments he's real rough like, in the beginning but then he comes full circle so yeah he, i'll give that to he you. does he does we'll your, give him a butane pornography star. Not, a, not a not a gold star but a butane star <laughs> a butane star it's I don't know, like all of his his very severe parenting of uh, t- uh, left brain over. Let's you must read about the man to be the man and all this this stuff. Like yeah, he is kind of a hard ass and stuff. But the pornography line and then his I love at the very end where he's just like um, I I ride her so hard because I like she's got such great potential. You I don't know why you're doing that. Stay in your lane. Go go fucking do your thing with your own boy. Yeah. Like. <laughs> I love his reaction. At like, I don't know why you're doing this to my kid. Leave her alone. Go, go, screw with your own kid. It's just a. It's such a good reading of that. I, I'm on this rewatch more than anything else. I'm getting more and more endeared to Khan, and he's very quickly becoming my favorite second secondary character. Yeah, and you know what? I've been into that party since uh, what deconstructing Henry. Like, yeah, yeah. Like he's starting to overtake some of the guys. Like I think I'm, I like him more than most Bill episodes. I would rather I, have a con episode. I guarantee I do. Until we get to him when he's Mister Quarters. Like yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's fair. Okay. Or, no, anyway, you, just, you know what? Too like cons- for consistency's sake. Like for secondary or like the guys, whatever. Like man, I kind of almost like Con better than Dale. Like. We get Khan sparingly. We've been getting Khan very sparingly, but you don't see Khan doing bad shit. You get Dale being needlessly cruel at his anniversary to Bobby and or to, to Hank and Peggy because Bobby's living in a doghouse, or Dale being needlessly cruel to Hank for Hank having no ass, or Dale being needlessly cruel for insert yep. needlessly cruel here. But Khan, Khan is a cruel human. Like even that little bit of like, all right, we'll be careful. Why should I care? Like, yeah, just that. Khan would love nothing more than for the entire hillbilly brigade to blow up in the Bugabago on the highway. And it's great. And that's Khan's character. And Khan is always true to character. But then also at the same time, Khan is a very sensitive person. We're going to find out years down the line for, like, the show that, you know, he's got manic depressive and, like, he's a complex person. And I really, I love Khan. I'm sorry. I'm rambling. It, no, dude, no, no, it's you're so good. good to just talk King of the Hill with you. That's all. That's all. That's where I'm at. Like. <laughs> no, I, I think it's, it's definitely worth noting that when you compare Khan to Dale specifically, if I, if I'm going to compare the two of them, Dale burns very bright, but then burns out really fast. Like I said, I think mm-hmm. we've seen the best of Dale and it's, it's behind us. And we're about halfway through the series at this point. Khan is a slow burn because we've seen him, like you said, very sparingly, but mm-hmm. we're going to continue to see him and he's going to continue to be quality through the duration of the series. I'm really glad you brought up his like manic depressive stuff because that's like one of the better episodes, I think, near the end of the series. Yeah. Because it, it feels very real. But anyway, I just I needed to throw that in there because I feel like we, you and I normally will hit on Khan when he's in an episode and we hadn't really talked too much about him and he's in a chunk of this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's get to cons here. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to talk about Bill for a second here. Do it up, buddy. I have written down here verbatim, I don't like Bill eating change. He's not that type of pant load. I 
This is why yeah. I've been referring to him all uh, all of this recording as the Jimmy Witchard of this episode because that's something Jimmy Witchard would do. Eat change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's why I had that note about he's just a sight gag. Like, yeah. Yes. Like, come on, guys. You have done so many things with this character. If if I have to say one thing about the writers that infuriate me, they seem to know exactly who every character is except for Bill. And they flip-flop between, okay, this is a guy that's got like some horrible depression, some pretty serious trauma, has got some really big like big issues and stuff when it comes to commitment and being left, but mm-hmm. can still work through a lot of it because he is a strong person with conviction. They, they flip-flop between that, like the very nice, nuanced version of that, and, well, this guy is basically a giant man-child that's got the IQ of 20. Yeah. You never so, know what you're going to so get. He's so dumb. Yeah. You never know what you're going to get. And six seasons in, this is kind of like, un, it's unacceptable. That's why I'm, it's a, it's a big con for me. It's really hard for me to watch Bill in this episode when he does shit, like have a mouthful of change that has to be told to spit it out. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, Bill. Um, yeah. <laughs> I also have on here as my other con, Hank sucks ass this episode. He is Super Saiyan levels of buzzkill. And I know that that's yeah. the point. It's it's where the conflict in the episode comes from because you can't just have Connie show up and win everything because she's good enough to do it. You have to find some way to throw like a roadblock in front of them. But at the same time, God, they're taking the piss out of Hank real hard this episode. And... It's just rough to watch. He's he, he's not this guy in nine out of ten episodes. In that tenth episode, it just really sucks to see it. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you got for cons, man? Or you can comment um, on that, too. I really don't, because that's... No, I, I'm not going to beat your dead horse. Hank's a... A long, long time ago, I said there's two types of Hank. There's Happy Hank, and there's Asshole Hank. And this episode, we get Asshole Hank. Like Yeah, the whole yeah. time. Unless he's being sexually assaulted, Hank is either happy or he's an asshole. And those are the three faces of Hank Hill. Um, yeah. No, yeah. Um, Con, Puff the Magic Dragon. I shouldn't have been crying at 5 a.m. The, the morning the other day, but I did. Um, Con, right. sharply dog-legging from your love of it. I hate bluegrass. Oh, my God. I had an aunt <laughs> who plays bluegrass. And I still have an aunt. Um, she used to fucking play bluegrass. And every year they go to this goddamn mountain man, I don't know, rendezvous shit. And, like, she, they'd make CDs. It's a bluegrass band. They'd all get together, and they'd all have their little fun playing bluegrass. And then she'd bring the cassette tapes and or CDs to whatever family function we had, and they would make us listen to it. Let me tell you something. I hate John Denver covers because of her, and I really hate <laughs> bluegrass because of her. And I just hate bluegrass. But you brought me around. It is the ska of country music, and now I'm going to try and give it a fairer shake than I have been. Um, and finally, you already hit it again. Bill is only the Jimmy Witchard sight gag joke in this episode, and I don't like it. I don't get it. I don't know. Um, established characters should be stronger than they are, but Bill yeah. is so... Bill's the least grounded, I think, of any character in King of the Hill, because you never know what... Bill is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get based on the you episode. Don't. 
Like, they figured out every other character. They know exactly how to write for them in exactly that situation. But with Bill, it's just like, I feel like they flip a coin sometimes. Okay, is he actually going to handle this like like the complex character that we've already fleshed out and we know he can be? Or is he just going to be the sight gag? Is he going to be the, like, three seconds of, haha, that was funny, look at the big fat man do something stupid? It's it's what I bitched about in uh, Hank's backstory about his mower flips on him at the start, like right there at the start of the race. I got yep. farther than I thought I would. Fuck you. No, you didn't. You knew you were going to... He hasn't flipped his mower. In five seasons, Bill's mower has never flipped. We've seen Bobby and Joseph roping him off a mower. Like, it just yep. these little dumb things. And it's like, I get it. I get it. Bill is the is the is the joke. He's the butt of the joke. He's the one you're going to shit on. And like I don't know. You know what? It's 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 the difference of I'm eating change. Bill spit that out to him like mooning Lenore in Ann Richards' car. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, that's a funny like that's a smart sight gag. That's a fantastic gag. Like, never minding how that's a great Bill episode, durr, but like, I whatever. It is what it is. I don't know. Um, you got favorite moments for me, buddy? Uh, I do. Let me give you the one retro rage I've got for this because Ooh, okay, I don't cool. know. I've got one, and I don't know if anybody else remembers this. I know you will because your upbringing and, and probably your granddad more than anything else. Um, at one point... <laughs> Khan says, Connie is supposed to go from here to here to here to like the New York Philharmonic, not from mm-hmm. Hayride to Hee Haw. And Mark, I don't know if anybody knows what Hee Haw is other than you and I. Isn't Hee Haw still on the air? It might be. I thought the Grand Ole Opry was gone, but it apparently still is. Grand Ole Opry's still on. Give me 10 but seconds. He- I'm Googling this shit. Google and see if Hee Haw is even still there. Um, listeners, if you guys have seen a new episode of Hee Haw, please feel free to put me in my place because I want to hear it. Uh, I, I'd actually genuinely be interested to watch an episode of Hee Haw. Per ClassicCountryMusic.com, Grand Ole Opry announced they will be returning Hee Haw to TV on January 1st, 2020 with 16 new and original shows. Holy crap. Okay. Well, there you go. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to go online and see if I can find an episode. Well, okay. But then it holds up, but Per country thing, sorry, country thang daily. Apparently, it is. Apparently, as of twenty twenty, it's coming back. Okay. Or twenty twenty two. I mean, as of May of twenty twenty two, it should be in production right now. Interesting. We'll have to see if I can uh, scrounge one up and see if it's any good. But uh, if, for most of you guys that don't know that Hee Haw was, it's a country music like variety show that was on in like the sixties, seventies, eighties, and apparently twenty twenty twos. So, I don't know, that was my retro rage, because I didn't think it was still around, but hey. No, you know what, you face. have every right to flag that as a retro rage, <laughs> like, I, I I think you're well within the retro rage uh, wheelhouse there, buddy. It's true, well, in honestly, in the 90s, there's not a lot of people that would have gotten that joke, I don't think. No. Well, maybe, I don't, I, I feel like you have, like, tangential knowledge of what happened 20 years before you were born, you know what I mean? Okay, yeah. Like, we all knew what Miami Vice was in the 90s, even though I guarantee you and I probably never watched an episode of Miami Vice. <laughs> Not a single one. Yeah, so, but I know, know about it. Like, Do you want to know why I, how I know what Hee Haw is? Damn right. 
I wanted. I know because of The Simpsons, because of the Lurleen Lumpkin episode of The Simpsons, because they're parodying Yeehaw. Oh yeah. I had no idea that that was an actual thing until I went, oh shit, okay, I, I see what they're trying to do here. Because I wanted to know why they introduced like 900 other people before Lurleen. Mm-hmm. But, okay, so favorite They're all moments. popping favorite out of the doors here. and shit. And, um, favorite moments. Um, I don't know. Oh, 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 that's supposed to be a, oh, that's supposed to be a uh, note. I can't. Once again, hey, listeners, Johnny and I have taken two months off, and I still cannot read my own goddamn handwriting. No, um, sorry, I have a, I have a uh, note, I guess, Johnny, like, really shoehorning it in. I really like Khan's rage being justified, or being mad at Hank. He has yeah. every right to be so pissed off at Hank. Like, Hank kidnapped his goddamn daughter, took her across state lines, like, fuck. Like, I, yeah. I a thousand percent agree with Khan. Uh, favorite moments, I have question mark, question mark, question mark. But, but, to, like, kind of shoehorn one in, Andy Williams, we don't need to stop. Oh, yes, we do. That's all I can think about <laughs> when they talk about Andy Williams was a Simpsons being, episode. Yeah, being able to buy a row of tickets to Andy Williams. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I laughed too hard at that, but that shouldn't be a favorite moment. Um, I guess, gun to my head, Charlie Daniels going, I'll play till my bow, ca- or till my fiddle catches fire. Whatever, I guess, I don't know. <laughs> right. How about you, buddy? Uh, I've got two on here, and you already called one of them out, uh, twiddling their beards and trying to psych me out. <laughs> I I love that. I love the, the imagery of that, because they definitely turn the camera to them and just, like, show these guys twiddle and, like, messing with their beards and shit. Uh, and then... When Khan catches Connie the first time playing with the guys, he says, mm-hmm. it sounds like you're killing a seagull with bagpipe. And... <laughs> If I don't know a more accurate representation of what most bluegrass sounds like, I don't know. That's about about the best. <laughs> oh, it's okay. so good. It's a good one. It's so good. Well, Mark, I say we give this uh, this bad boy a rating. I say so, but before we do that, you want to break down our patented Dangle Podcast rating system? Oh, it's been two months, but I think I can do it here. Uh, if you guys can hear that cracking, that's my knuckles. Uh, that, okay, so. I wondered. I heard that, and I was like, are you okay? <laughs> Just my knuckles. We're good. All right, so we're at the very bottom of our rating system, we have our charcoal rating. This is an F-rank, F-tier, absolute garbage of an episode. This is an episode that you watch maybe one time, and you never go back to again because you just go, this is not very good at all. I don't care to watch this. After that, you got your Megalo rating. A Megalo rating is not much better. It's got a couple of good characters, maybe, a couple of good moments, maybe a funny line or two, but this is the type of episode that you turn on and you just go, oh, it's it's this one, and you screw around on TikTok or on Reddit the entire time you're watching it. After that, you got your butane. This is kind of like our silver tier episode. You know, it's middle of the road. A butane is a bastard of an episode, and it's a bastard gas. You love to hate it, and you hate to love it. Uh, a butane episode is usually pretty middle of the road. It's one that you're going to go, oh, I remember this, and there's some funny funny lines in it, but other than that, you, you're not going to actively seek it out. The ones you will actively seek out, however, are Char Kings. Our Char King episode is the gold standard of King of the Hill. They've got some of the best lines, best characters, best moments, best stories, and if Mark and I both believe that an episode's a Char King, it turns it into a Char King Imperial. Because let's be honest here, what's better than that side warming plate, Mark? Absolutely nothing. 
that is, until you get to the granddaddy of them all, the Blue Flame of Valor. Now, a Blue Flame of Valor episode is the absolute best of not just King of the Hill, but of TV in general. These are the very few select episodes that you will show to anyone without any context of King of the Hill and say, I love this show and you should love it too. And they're going to fall in love with it just like you do. Um, we've had a handful of Blue Flame of Valors. I want to say, Mark, you and I are at about five or six apiece. Um, halfway yeah, through the series, like halfway through the series, we're into season six now, guys. It's about one a season. You're lucky if you get one a season. So, um, that being said, Mark, what do you what do you give? Bluegrass is always greener. Uh, I gave Bluegrass is always greener a butane. It's all right. It's an all right episode. Um, I don't know. Kind of middle of the road. I don't like Hank. I don't like Bill. I really don't like Bluegrass. But like, I like Bobby. I like Hank's roundabout coming. Or try it again. I like Hank and Cons coming around to both understanding their kids. I really like that. Um, I even like Hank kind of pimping. Not whatever. Or you're dropping Bobby's joke to Con. You know. I thought that yeah. was good. We got a good Dale conspiracy. But like, I'm not gonna turn it off next time I see it. But I'm. If I want to watch King of the Hill, it's I'm not going to turn it on. How about you, buddy? Uh, so I gave this one... Uh, oh, God. Of course, my screen goes black. Uh, <laughs> I gave I gave this episode uh, a Char King. Okay. Uh, I liked it. I liked it, I think, a little bit more than you, but I also like Bluegrass a lot more than you. So this episode means a lot. A lot of different things to me. Um, I, despite Hank's bullying this entire episode to pretty much everybody... Because it's not just Connie, it's not just Bobby, it's, no, I'm, I'm going to sit here and bully every single one of you. Despite that, the music in it is fantastic. I love, like, Boomhauer singing Blue Moon of Kentucky. Like, that gets stuck in my head so damn much. Um, and it's a really cool showcase to show that, like, all of these guys do have some talents other than drinking beer in an alley. Dale is not just the guy who, who can... Like, you know, rid your house of gophers and bugs and shit. He's also the guy that's really good on the Casio. We've seen it a couple of times before, but this is, he's Branson good, Mark. (laughs) Yes, he is. You know, Boomhauer, he's, he's got, he's got the skills. He's not just good with motors. He's good with his fingers in general. I mean, we knew that. To, to begin with because of friends, but <laughs> sorry low-hanging fruit laying low-hanging fruit anyway I, I think it's a really good like showcase and it does have that kind of like heartwarming ending that i don't feel gets super shoehorned in okay it doesn't it doesn't feel like uh we need to learn uh, something at the end of this episode it's more of a of like an organic wow, yeah I was, a, I was a dick Let's let's fix this because I was an asshole all episode. Okay, okay. I, okay, I, you know yeah. what I do? I do like that. That's a very well put, buddy. Yeah. Well, Mark, what do you say we move on to the next one? Do let's good sir. All right. Well, our next episode here is episode one fourteen, the substitute Spanish prisoner. Original air date March third, two thousand and two. Written by Eaton Cohen. And our cast of characters, Mark, Hank, Peggy, and Bobby Hill, Dale Gribble, Boom Howard, Dooley, Clark Peters, Luann Platter, Dr. Robert Vysosa, Jimmy Wichard. Uh, I believe this is the first, like, written and drawn appearance of Tug, the announcer. And then we Rit- have... So, okay, go ahead. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. We'll get that. Yeah, we'll and get then that. We, ha- we also have, we also have uh, Betty and Anne. As two extra characters as well. I'm assuming that's the old lady and the younger, not so old lady. 
the other lady that is voiced by Luann, even though we don't see Luann in this fucking episode, but we get fucking dumpy casino girl. Yeah. Hey, we see Luann once this episode. She screams, I'm a genius, and and swings her Missy Melons everywhere when she gets excited. No, I know. I know, but like, I got a point for that. We'll get there when we get there. And no, it's yes. not about her Missy Melon, so you just stop right now. <laughs> um, Mark, I have one sentence synopsis, and it's not very satisfying. Okay. <laughs> Peggy enters the annals of higher education. That's, that's our episode. <laughs> I'm allowed to make that joke, guys, because I'm also pursuing a higher education degree. Um, if he hasn't talked about it enough, you need to go check out the Two Wizards podcast because Mark co-host Josh is also getting a higher education degree, and he would also find this very funny. He's getting a doctorate in ancient Greek, and I have nothing but support and love for the man, but it's like... God, we could all be reading a book right now or, like, learning how to repair air conditioners. I don't know. <laughs> yes. Uh, so For Christ's what? sake, I've got two BAs in theater and secondary ed, and I just started my first office job in a cubicle farm. Like, <laughs> fuck higher there you ed. Go. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, guys, it's it's a struggle. But hey, let's get let's get some of that uh, that money that Biden's shoveling out to everybody. Uh, so our ace Papa Biden here... gonna pay your bills. Too bad I fucking paid mine off. Whatever. I'm not even mad about it. I'm actually really glad. I'm really glad that like we can get out of this shit now. Anyway, enough of that shit. Beat beat, Mark. <laughs> Um, a story characters. I've got Peggy and Hank here. Everybody else is kind of tangential. It's really just a Peggy a story. This whole episode is just Peggy. It's I would like say it's only like a it Peggy story. Like yeah. Um, Hank is kind of the vehicle for the end there. Let's get to some notes, man. Give me some notes. Some notes. Uh, number one, first note out of the gate. Fuck math. Just that's all I got. Fuck math. Um. Yes. Uh, Johnny, we have a very special episode where Peggy gets scammed. It hasn't haven't we had this before? Yeah, Once, we twice, just had it times? in Bill of Sales. We just about, had it. We. Now was huh? Bill of Sales was wasn't that the one where she uh, where she went to uh, the prison? Oh no 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 that was MLM Archer. Yeah, that was that death in Texas. Seen, are you are you already telling me that we've seen Peggy get conned before? That this isn't a news story? Is that what you're trying to multiple? Tell me, Mark? You know what I think it is. I really think it's like Mike Judge needs to talk about a thing, and he uses Peggy as the vehicle. We need to talk about veterans' rights, so we're going to use Cotton as the vehicle. And it's usually Cotton and Peggy that are used as the vehicle because Peggy is free-floating enough that she can... We talked before about how, like, every episode Homer gets a different job. Every episode Peggy gets a different job. But, like... <laughs> every episode Peggy gets scammed in a different but similar way. Yeah. I, I mean, more or less, yeah. But, like, whatever. It's fine. We need to talk about it. But, like... Hank sees through this immediately. If Bill was to do this, you wouldn't buy it. Oh, I'm a genius. No, no, you're not, Bill. Shut up. Boomhauer's too smart. Dale is too dumb to get scammed this way. He does get scammed this way with that Egyptian, with, with that gypsy fashion catalog, which I think is hilarious. <laughs> Remember that Dale holding the tennis racket? That's I want to see those pictures. I um, do too. <laughs> but, like, no, it, it's who's going to do it. It's got to be Peggy. Fine, cool, that's what we're doing. But you know what? For Peggy getting scammed, this is a uh, maybe I'm jumping the gun. This is a great Peggy getting scammed. This is a great episode for Peggy. This is a great Peggy episode. But okay. yeah. Um Who's the smartest one in the alley? Cuz I'm pretty sure it's Dale. 
Yes, but you can't tell because it's muddled behind all of his conspiracies. Yeah, I know. But, like, I don't know. Dale is... I Man, I don't even know where I'm at Dale at this point. Like, I, I'm torn between he's a sociopath and he's bored. Um, he's highly intelligent. He has a weird variety of skills. Like, very good at improvisation and thinking on his feet. Highly adaptable. But then at the same time, he will discharge a pistol in a goddamn gun club meeting because he had a round chambered. I don't know who the smartest one is, but it's it, it's not Hank. Hank is too just, like... Hank is too straight-laced to be in, to be smart. Hank is intelligent, but, like, whatever. And then Boomhauer is Boomhauer, and Bill is Bill. I don't know. It was the yeah, Boomhauer just thought doesn't that care I put more effort Bill. into. What's that? Boomhauer is just Boomhauer, and Bill doesn't care enough. Maybe that's it. But I, I don't know. Um, already called it out, Gypsy Modeling School. That's great. Um, I had a note. Does Peggy know Jimmy Wichard? And then literally a minute and a half after I wrote that down, she goes, I am very aware of his work. So I guess she does. <laughs> well, yeah, um, he almost got her son killed at one point. She wasn't there for that, though. She would have no, no. idea. Well, she was there. She was there with Luann on the track. I guess Hank would have, oh, I kicked Jimmy's ass today. Yeah, I don't know, yeah. maybe. Um. And finally, um, the announcer, Tug. This is the first time we get his name as Tug. Yes. I don't know if it's the first time we see him actually animate. No, we do. No, maybe we... Okay, um, th- Peggy makes the big leagues. David Kalahiki Ali, my wife is Polynesian. Like, I'm pretty sure they animated him for that one, but I, I just can't remember, and I didn't bother to go back and check. Okay. But um, he's standing next to that. She's brown colored. I guess she's supposed to be Hispanic. I don't know her name. The the brown woman next to him. I thought for fucking sure that was his wife who was Polynesian, and I almost got a boner because <laughs> I got to see his wife who was Polynesian. And I don't right. think it wasn't. I'm kind of bummed out, but yeah. Uh, that's so a, can I tell that's you, my notes, yeah. Can, What's up? can I tell you, we only see him in one more episode for the rest of the series. Really? Yes. So he okay. his episode appearances, at least according to the wiki, uh, they're they're often wrong. So we'll we'll go with it for now. Um, <laughs> according to the wiki, his first appearance is How to Fire a Rifle Without Really Trying. Okay. Then he was in Life in the Fast Lane, Bobby Saga, Take makes Me Out sense. of the Ball Game, Peggy Makes yep. the Big Leagues, What yep. Makes Bobby Run, The Substitute Spanish Prisoner, which is his only appearance in person, um, and he's only ever referred to by his first name. His last name is never re- revealed. And then the last episode is season six is My Own Private Rodeo. Oh, okay, okay. So, now, um, and I'm not, so I wonder if the wiki, so I know he's in How to Fire a Rifle, because right. he is, no, he's not, yeah. Yeah, he he's is. The he, he's the announcer. the announcer. But there's also that dude, Tug, the guy that can't practice basic firearm safety and gets his thumb shot off and his eye shot out. Yes. And he's named as Tug? I, wa- I don't know. Maybe I'm putting too much into one thing, but yeah. Okay. Uh, did, were you done with your notes, buddy? That's all. I- oh, God, as I choke on Truly. I'm drinking Truly's because it's still 7 a.m. in Colorado. <laughs> and I can't. I don't want to get shithoused, but yeah, I'm good to go. I just choked on it, though. Go for it, That's buddy. That's a good call. Uh, so I only had two here. You named one that, that Tug is finally named. He's shown. Um, I hope we don't see the last of him just coming up this season because I think he's a fun character. 
it, I really it's, like him. It's, it's an interesting call for them to take a character who we have literally heard in like five separate episodes now, so he's very knowable in this series, and actually like give a face to the voice now. You could have never shown him and we all would have been okay with it, but mm-hmm. I thought that was kind of cool. And then uh, Dr. Vysosa. He's our guest star. Mark, who is the voice of Dr. Vysosa? Is it Jeff Goldblum, Johnny? It is Jeff Brendelfly Goldblum. Oh my god. I, I have in my pro, my first pro, Jeff Goldblum. Man's a treasure. Oh my god. <laughs> I love Jeff Goldblum so much. He is he is interesting, for sure. Uh, I'm not completely sold on him. I think he's annoying as shit personally, but really? the entire world the entire world seems to think the opposite. So it, it's really like gaslit me into thinking I'm the one that's wrong. <laughs> he just doesn't do it for me. I like him in certain things. I really like him in the Cronenberg uh, Fly movie, and he's okay in the first Jurassic Park. But yeah, he. What about the shtick. second Jurassic Park? Because he's amazing in that one. I mean, he's he's okay. Like I don't Independence hate Day? him. I don't care for that movie, so that's that's a no-go for me. I watched it for the first time about a month ago, and I didn't like it, but I didn't hate it. But, man, I liked him a lot. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to think of anything else he's in. But, yeah. I mean, he's he's a character in a random uh, a Call of Duty Nazi Zombies skit, so that's kind of fun. But Oh, there you go. Yeah. That's all you need. Yeah, but anyway, that's what I've got for notes. There's not a lot of notes for this episode. I, I kind of sat and watched it, but I'm going to be real with you early on. I did not care for this episode very much. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you want to give me some of your pros, man? Yeah. Um. My Nancy's a genius. A genius at having a great can. <laughs> May as well call her Cancy. I laughed way too hard at that. Um. I'm a genius, then Luann bouncing up and down, and that's not why I have it. It's, this is the first time we've seen Luann in a really long time, despite Brittany Murphy being credited in post-credits, or, you know, like, in the credits. For, like, She's everything. Not it. She, she hasn't been around for so... I don't remember the last time we saw Luann, like, reemerge in Virgin, I think, maybe. But, like, I want to say is... the, the 90% of the time when you were here cutting episodes in the think hole, um... It would you would read out the cast list and and Luann is like Luann's not in this no she's not that's weird but she's really not in this one either she's in there for a single frame and then Brittany Murphy voices the other woman when they're doing the fake betting parlor right very clearly but like yeah it's um, it's interesting this time this time period has got to be when she was really blowing up as a Hollywood actress and then you're gonna like she's gonna fall essentially fall from grace and not be the oh so desirable Hollywood actress anymore and we're going to get a lot of her in the last like four seasons because she's not gonna have anything else like to follow. Maybe the hill better. Maybe like maybe she liked that better. I, I got to assume the VO work is a lot more not satisfying, but it's got to be easier than shooting a goddamn movie like. It's. I think so. Honestly, I, I love her work on this show, and I hope that that's why. I hope that she enjoyed King of the Hill more than this other stuff, and that it wasn't just a necessity. Like, if you guys get a chance, go and watch the documentary about her that's on HBO. It's heartbreaking, and you learn a lot about her. Yeah, uh, I. Yeah, I don't. I, I like her. I just. I don't know. Um, I don't remember Brittany Murphy, though. I know she was in a lot of shit, but it was never any movie that I wanted to watch, so I don't know. But I don't know. Um, 
And also my final note is, god damn, this is some good writing. All around, like, this is a heist movie. King of the Hill pulls a heist movie, and I really, really like it. I appreciate it a lot. Like, we start off with, like, that introduction to, like, oh, I'm a genius, I've got 170 IQ. Well, no, you don't, Peggy, no one fucking has that. That's not a thing that... Like, IQ is already, like, an antiquated idea. It's not a real thing that happens. Like, you can't measure intelligence, like... But, like, you got that... Um, you got Jimmy Wichard mentioning, I work at the racetrack. You get Tug talking about how his career as a sports announcer. All this shit that you set up. And then, and then, and then you can, like, by the third act, or the final act, like, okay, we're going to set up this betting parlor. And it makes sense because Jimmy works at the racetrack. And Tug is going to call the races and announce them because Tug is a sports announcer. We see Tug working at the racetrack. Like, it's just really good. I, I really like the writing of this episode. But okay. I'm curious to know. I, I'm curious to kind of get into this with you. So, so you you talk now, buddy. You go. <laughs> uh, so you want my pros, or you want me to jump into my cons? Because I mean, well, give me your pros. A... Like, okay. Um, so the episode, this episode is it's a fishing disclaimer, like yep. fishing with a ph, like online internet fishing, basically like the, the same shit you and I have been dealing with almost our entire lives because we grew up with the internet. Is this, that's what this episode is, and it's still insanely valid. Like, people are still falling for this. Just earlier in this episode, while you were looking something up, you went, God, why do people fall for such stupid shit? And yeah. it's it's right here. Um, so it's, it's just interesting to see that out of everything that probably should have been a retro rage, like, that should have been something like this, like getting scammed on the internet. You'd think we'd have a fucking solution for that by now. No, it's still here. It's still stronger than ever. And it's the one thing that has outlasted more than anything else. Everybody knows what a phishing scam is. Um, yeah. <laughs> I have written down here, it's a pro, it's a Hank line. You were going to steal his car. <laughs> that would have been a felony. That would have been a felony. <laughs> <laughs> his dumbass voice. I. It's a plus because it's like... Hank is just so in disbelief at this point. <laughs> that would have been a felony. Uh, <laughs> uh, and I have also written in here, Mark, and I know you can appreciate it because he has he has physically said this to you via cameo, but Jimmy Richard smashed them cans. <laughs> Jimmy Richard yes. in this episode, dude. It's so good. That's I didn't realize idea. how much I missed him. Give it him. back. Give it back to me. I, I I already my name Dr. Jimmy. I think of it first. I I like Jimmy Witcher so much in this episode. It, it's just he's so good, so so good. But oh, that's that's yeah. what I got for pros. Okay, well jump into your cons. I I, wanna, I don't do your cons real quick because I'm curious. Okay, so two minutes in and I hate this already because Peggy is not this stupid. But the show continually tries to tell us that she is. Is she not this stupid or is she this head injured, though? Uh, you have that theory of head injury. And if I look at it through that lens, then yes, this is very feasible. It's very believable. And honestly, like Hank needs to start doing more precautions like changing the pin on their joint account if that's the case. Because if you're going to run around with a wife that that just like has access to your money and your all of your your stuff like that like nope that's not cool 
I would be pissed. Um, and then the other one like here. I like going to the bank. <laughs> I just like going to the bank. Um, and the other one in here, I, maybe it's because I've seen so many of them. I am so tired of heist stories. I, that's why this doesn't do it for me. Okay. Like so many heist stories. I'm just like, nope, I'm done with it. I'm, I'm done. Um, I think that's ultimately what turned me off. You and I've talked a couple of times in this series about once you've seen the ending, it's kind of spoiled for you, especially with, with, uh, some of the bigger reveals. And that's my issue with this episode. I know how it ends and I've never forgotten how it ends. So that once it, fun, initial surprise is mm-hmm. gone. That was your problem with, uh, de- de- I can't say it, Johnny death in Texas. Like that was your, yes. that was your takeaway was I know how it ends and now I can't enjoy it anymore. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, because it's it's made out to be this like we're gonna keep you guessing till the very end, and it, it it I mean props to them because if it wasn't good I wouldn't remember the ending. So you had a very good ending. It was fun, and to your credit, like you said, it's it's a heist movie that you really enjoy. Like yeah, it is, and it's a well written one. It's very smart in how she figures out how to get him and get the doctor in the end, but. To me, like it just takes all the fun out of rewatching it. I guess I do. I do agree with you there. Like once you, I think. Well, we'll talk about it when I get to our ratings. But yeah, I I agree with what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But those those are my cons. There's not a lot of them here, and it's not like I hate this episode. It just is. It definitely isn't my favorite. I feel you. Yeah. Um, I only have two cons, and it's number one, Peggy's Dallas Cowboys checkbook. I just don't buy that she would have a Dallas Cowboys checkbook. Okay. I don't know. I Has Peggy really ever... Hank loves the Cowboys. We know that Hank simps for the Cowboys, but I don't think Peggy... Yes. ...would have that. I don't know. Um, I don't think so. Then, I mean, it is a joint It is a joint account, though. Like, you see Hank with that exact same checkbook with the same... So you think he got, like, checks. double personalized uh, checkbooks? Or it's just the one that they share. Like, he may have just been the one to order the checks. I'll also be straight. I don't know how checks work. I, I've i never written a check in my life. Like, I don't know checkbooks. I remember, like, you could, like, get personalized checks with, like, Morgan Freeman in a bikini or whatever. But The Hindenburg yeah, series, don't... Mark. Hindenburg flipbook series. <laughs> I wrote you that check for a million dollars, but don't cash it until the year 2089. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's that one, and then, um, I already kind of bitched about it, but, like, man, I miss Luann, I miss seeing Luann around, like, and yes. not just because I'm backdoor in love with her, and, okay, pretend I didn't say backdoor in love, but, yeah, like, I miss Luann, I miss seeing Luann, Brittany Murphy's here, but she's not, and it's kind of bumming me out, I don't know, but, yeah, those are my cons, uh, you got me, okay. <sighs> wow, I can't talk, John, I'm sorry, I, I haven't done it's this in good. so long, I've forgotten how to talk like a human, I've had a, a like half a liter of ten percent beer, buddy. I'm surprised I'm talking as well as I am. I've had three Trulies, and I'm getting there. Um, where am I at? Favorite moments? Give me your favorite moments, buddy. Uh, Luann becoming a quote unquote genius. Okay, um, that's a good one. I will always I will always enjoy a good moment where Luann is bouncing her Missy Melons. I'm I'm not even gonna apologize for it. That's just what it is. Um, 
on a on a more like technical like respectful moment here uh the camera pan that they have after the big reveal that the safe is missing and they do like a real life i'm going to slide from the inside of a closet to the other room yeah and it's a real camera move and you get to see like the cross section of the wall where they cut through and all that sort of, that is super cool to me like it's a favorite moment because of the little animation bit of it and the attention they paid to it that's not something that you would expect in almost any other show. But to me, I do expect that at some point in King of the Hill, usually once or twice a season. And that's why I love King of the Hill for its animation. Because it takes where they blew weird, their animation like, budget. Yes, it does. It takes their weird, like, real world moments and translates them into animation. And it's like, holy shit, that's why this is so much different than anything else. Yeah. You yeah. don't get a lot about- of that in shows, yeah. No, 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 no. Um, well, but you know you, what? Man? We talk about that a lot. We talk a lot about how, like, King of the Hill bothers to animate their shit realistically. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's an animated show, but you don't see shit in King of the Hill animated non-realistically. You know, like, I think outside of um, Rodeo Days, when, like, every person should be dead because of, like, <laughs> animal violence. Bobby should be dead, Joseph should be dead, the two rodeo clowns should be dead. Yeah, what it, it's also, like, a primetime TV show. You can't kill kids and or adults on TV. I get it, that's cool, fine. But, like, yeah, no, I'm with you 100%. Like, they knock it out of the park with animation, and I will always yeah. appreciate that, yeah. Um, anyway, sorry, my favorite moments. Uh, Bobby, when, okay, so Peggy rolls into the kitchen after getting her doctorate, wink, 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 and goes, guess who's a doctor or whatever? And Bobby goes, and how about some eggs, doctor? God damn, that's a great Bobby. <laughs> he's um, very, he's used very sparing this episode, and it's it's all good shit. Fine, good, I like it because he's sparing, but I don't feel like he was shoehorned in, and it's fine. Yeah, he also, dude, Bobby eats, Bobby eats some goddamn ice cream this episode. He eats, he gets his soft serve cone when Peggy is taking her test. And then um, we also see him at the diner eating a big old milkshake. I just I think it's funny. Like Bobby's a fat kid. <laughs> Give him ice cream. That's what he likes. Um, ice cream and but, fruit pies, man. Hell yeah, buddy. And then to to your point, you already called this one out as your pro. You were gonna steal his car. That's a felony. <laughs> like, <laughs> god damn it, that's funny. I fuck that was funny. That's I laughed way too hard. <laughs> He's just so casual about it, like, oh, this could have been so much worse. You were going to steal his car. <laughs> and, like, the look on Hank's, like, man, if, 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 like, I were Hank, I would, like you're saying, I would definitely start thinking about changing some things in my personal life because Peggy is very clearly at this point a goddamn liability. God, that'd be a lonely existence, man. You can't trust <sighs> Bobby because he is—he's a kid. You can't he's trust your wife because she's brain damaged. You can't trust your dad because he's basically senile. Like you can't trust your best friends because one of them is insane and just like believes every conspiracy under the sun, and the other one is so damn depressed that he'd burn your entire life savings if he thought it would make him a friend. Hank's got, got live a pretty lonely fucking life. <laughs> you got Khan and you got Boomhauer, and I think that's all you really need. Like, you really yeah. need two good friends in life. I got you and Streeter. That's all I need. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> uh, fair enough. Um, you want to rate this bad boy, Johnny? So, uh, for a rating, I gave it a butane. Okay. 
it's it's fine. I I really think that Peggy's is, Peggy deserves to be treated better at this point. That I'm I'm tired of them basically playing the Peggy's naive card. So let's let's like take advantage of it. But they're going to continue to do it. We've seen it three, four, five times already, and they're going to do it another three, four, or five times. Okay. So yeah, is I guess. Peggy, this is where you're at. I think higher of you, but apparently the writers don't. So sorry about it. How about you, Mark? <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, I gave it a Char King. I, I really liked this episode, and it was weird when I saw this one in the queue. I remember bitching to you about this off mic, like, "Oh shit, substitute Spanish prisoner." Oh boy, I can't wait to watch that one. Um, right. And I was bitching a lot, and then I watched it this morning, and goddamn, I really liked it. And I think my thing is, and we're going to get into this next week with uh, Are You There, God? It's Me, Peggy, or whatever the fuck it's called. Margaret. Um, Margaret, yeah. I I remember having fond feelings for that one, but then when I watched it, I was like, oh, it's not as great as I thought it was. And throughout the run of the show, I am liking the ones that I didn't like as a kid versus the ones I liked as a kid I don't like as well. And, of course, there's some carryover that, like, Every time, Lupe's Revenge, Firefighting We Will Go, um, insert third one here that I can't name off the top of my head. But, like, there's some that that do hold true throughout, and they are fantastic. But, like, man, this one flipped me. The writing is solid. Uh, Jeff Goldblum is an amazing guest star. He has that bit of, no, 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 I said you could lose up to 30 pounds. And then, up and then, and then that son of a bitch <laughs> pokes Hank in the gut and goes, uh, do you want to lose 30 pounds? He gives him a little poke. Jeff Goldblum is a great guest star. I don't think we ever see him again. I don't need to see him ever again. It's great. Yeah, Char King. I, I really genuinely enjoyed this episode. I'm glad to hear it, man. You, uh, you want to get out of here, buddy? I think so, but we got a couple of important things to do first, man. I think so, sir. What do you got for me? Well, Mark, do you still like King of the Hill? Man, Johnny, I still really like King of the Hill. And maybe I'm getting all, like, misty-eyed because, again, you and I took two months off and I just missed you. But, shit, I still really like King of the Hill. And I'm glad that I'm here. <laughs> How about you, buddy? Hey, man, I still love King of the Hill. I don't see it changing anytime soon. Hell yeah. You want to tell those good people where they can find us, John? I absolutely can. They can find us at dangolepodcast at gmail.com if you want to give us an email. You can find us on Twitter at dangle podcast and same as instagram we're pretty active on both of them even though we like to flame people on both of them it's it's just who we are Uh, you can find me (laughs) you can find me at kraut ball stream on twitter that's kraut as in sauerkraut ball as in swedish meatball and stream as in a much smaller version of the large rhine river that i crossed over yesterday going to gamescom how about you mark Um, you can find me on our sister podcast, the Two Wizards Podcast, where me and my good buddy Josh take a variety of weird topics and talk about them. And I think if my timing is right, I think we just talked about, like, why the devil is the devil as we know the devil. But I could also be off because I noticed that anytime I plug that show, anything we're talking about just isn't what we're talking about. But whatever. Um, you can find me at Marky Stardust on Twitter, and I deleted my Instagram because it's all Facebook trash and ads, and I'm not going to get fished again. And yeah, guys, um, if you like what we're doing, please uh, like and subscribe or whatever that is. Five-star rating on Spotify, Apple Podcast, um, in your ear hole dot yeah, net. Please. Like, I don't know what else you call it. Please leave us 
yeah, leave us some leave us some constructive criticism here. We're happy to to change a few things up here. We love what we're doing, but we if we can do it better, we'd love to hear it from you guys. So please let us know. Yeah, and um, thank you for listening. We love you guys. Just come talk to us. Like uh, we have some listeners. Shout out to you guys. You know who you are. We've already shouted you out a couple times, and I feel like I don't want to be on your dicks too much because if I hate one thing in life, it's dick writers. But yeah, like. We love you guys. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. You validate us. Um, Johnny, anything else, bud? No, that's it. Thank you, everybody, and we'll see you next week. All right. Have a good one, guys.